So hi, um, everyone, family. Good evening. Um, good evening, ladies. And thanks all for joining um, the Pass the Baton meeting for the month of July. So what is Pass the Baton, really? It is just for women to come together to share ideas. And I think this one, actually, I could have even opened up to men because I think it's one that everyone really can, you know, benefit from, um, be you male or female. So um, just a little bit about Charlotte before we make a start. I've met Charlotte, I think about maybe, I don't even know, maybe five or six years now. We've worked together. But one thing I really admire Charlotte for, I must say, is she's very down to earth. Um, she is very approachable. Um, she was a senior, part of the senior leader, senior management as a woman in IT. And um, but one thing I found out about her is that you can ask her anything, like anything. She no longer works in the financial sector. She's moved on. She's left us for Kimberly Clark. But um, I just reached out to her on Facebook because um, I found I'm in another group, another parenting group. And somebody actually asked a question. Just it was just a simple question. And I thought, you know what? Charlotte would know about this. Um, this is a baby. This is a passion. You know, let me reach out to her because we, we've always had a good bond at work. And I was really shocked. Like, I sent her a message. It wasn't even up to a few hours. And she sent me this long list of things to do. And I thought, bang on. That's it. I need to bring her home. And obviously, we understand past the baton is mostly about, you know, you've got something in your hands. It's not just about you've read something. It's not theory only. It's about practical but also Charlotte is a mother, so she does understand the way we feel. She does understand um, what we're going to be talking about, what we're going to be sharing. And um, yes, um, Charlotte, I want to say thank you for, you know, as soon as I said to you, you're coming on board. You were very happy about it. You were very straight. And um, yeah, so now here you are. So we're going to talk about the digital world. Um, believe you or me, the internet, the World Wide Web came on in 1989 by a guy called Tim Bennett Lee. And um, when I did my research, I found out about 3.2 billion users, including our children, actually, including our children, use the internet every day. So this is something that is significant. And I can also say that in the world where we're living in right now, a lot of people are doing things online. Everything is changing. I put my checks online now. I don't have to go to the bank. And um, I know a lot of people do shopping online. Everything is going digital, especially now with COVID-19. Um, a lot of jobs possibly and even workplaces will never remain the same again. People would probably be working digital now. So that's why Charlotte is here. So now I'm just going to leave Charlotte to just, you know, take us through what she's going to share with us. Like I said, if she's talking, if you've got questions, please do feel free um, to ask the questions or to just even say, you know what, Charlotte, on this one, can I ask you more questions? So Charlotte, please just... Um, I'll pass it on to you. Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and then you can make a start? Yeah, Sean. Um, can you see my screen? Yes, I can. Okay, lovely. So, um, yeah, hi, everyone. It's been me said we work together. Um, and, you know, I am a mum of two children, two girls, one a teenager, one a bit younger. Um, and we consume the internet a lot in my house. We're big gamers. You know, we stream everything 
thing that we watch, um, we, we, we have smart devices, and it, it takes me a long time to, you know, figure out the security and make them safe for, for me and my family to use. So I'm hoping that, you know, I can share some of my knowledge and experience with you today um, to think about this, the same in, in your homes. And if you're thinking about making a purchase, um, you know, some of the security and privacy um, uh, considerations that you might need to make. So um, I've worked in cybersecurity for about 15 years now um, and it definitely is not just a job for me. Um, it is my hobby. I think as Bunmi said when she messaged me, you know, how can we protect our children's devices? Do you have any tips? I thought, oh, I love it when people ask me questions. Um, you know, I do it all day at work, but when I get asked um, at home, it's, it's something different. It's something that I feel very strongly and personal about, you know, so I thought, oh, I know about this, you know, and uh, just went through everything that I do and shared that with her. So um, I ended up getting an invitation to come and speak to you today, um, which is uh, how I managed to be here. So as I mentioned, I have two children, and um, my partner Chris, we both work in IT, um, so we're both a bit geeky, we're both a bit techie, um, and, and, you know, so are the kids, so here's us celebrating, you know, May the 4th for Star Wars, um, Disney, we have two kittens, um, they may disrupt me today, they like to sit, you know, under my laptop, and they, like, meow as if they, it sounds like a baby's crying, often when I'm on calls at work, someone says, do you need to go and see your baby, but it's, I don't have any babies, it's, uh, it's, it's a cat. So that's a little bit about me. Please do interrupt and ask questions. I do want it to be engaging. You know, don't don't let me talk the whole time because I will. Um, so if you do have any questions or you don't understand or you want to know a bit more, you know, as long as we have enough time, then uh, please do, you know, just uh, raise your voice and let's have uh, an engaging session. Okay, so... These are some digital services. As Bernie said, you know, the internet, everybody uses it in some shape or form, particularly for COVID. You know, a lot of people have been working from home um, and more and more new services are coming online. So these are just a few. I've kind of broken them down into sort of different categories, really. So you've got up here on the left, sort of entertainment, uh, communication and engagement um, type platforms, social media, you know, your emails, your internet browsing then you've got down here your your you know your devices that you use to connect uh, like your pc your laptops your game consoles um over to the right you've got you know your mobile tech your mobile phones your smartphones your smart watches cameras hoovers heating and lighting devices for your homes and then up here you've got you know sort of digital banking so you've got you know how you pay for things online with your cards with paypal or google pay apple pay you know there's a lot of services right um so how, how many um people on the call use um a lot of the smart tech you know around your home so alexa for example um are those devices that you that you use and have in your homes i do i don't like it okay. i do as well yep i do, I do. yeah i do i don't okay interesting wow so yeah i i do and I don't always like it. Um, you know, I do worry. Um, you hear a lot on the news about, you know, uh, um, 
uh, how perhaps you know they're listening to all the time and and things like that but there are things you can do to to try and protect you know your information um, and use it at the right time but in my house Alexa is a boss if I'm honest she you know tells us when to wake up when to go to bed um, she's been a blessing when you know my children are homeschooling and I'm working she makes sure they take a break if I'm on a call um, you know I rely on that a lot um, I like the Hoover as well I have a Hoover goes around twice a day it's brilliant um, but you know there are a lot of security and privacy implications with using them and each person you know will choose to use the devices um, that suits them um, but always consider you know your own safety um, around these devices um, obviously children that use these so I think Amazon Amazon Prime if you use that for streaming and watching they recently added the you know profile option that was one that I was I'd actually complained about in the past because you know on Netflix and now TV my children have separate profiles so they don't see you know horror films that I might want to watch that's not appropriate for them um, and Amazon have just added that as well so um, always make sure you know you're, you're setting up profiles and consider doing that as well I, I find it quite difficult with um, smart TVs because um, you know the apps are on the TV and the, the ch children can just go on there and watch so um, just uh, though I like to have some of these things and use them myself mm. um, you know there, there are some strict house rules in, in my house with the kids and what they're allowed and not allowed to do even if it's not restricted for them um, you know which comes down to trust so any questions before we move on? Nope. Okay, so I've got a few themes to talk through. So the first one is around online shopping. So obviously online shopping is very convenient. Um, sorry, does someone have a question? Please kindly mute yourself. Um, if you've just come in, please, if you can mute yourself. I think, let me see if I can mute her. Yes, go on, please. Go on. So, yeah, online shopping is very quick, very convenient. You know, you can order something from Amazon from your mobile phone and have it delivered the same day now. Um, obviously, it's hugely popular. There's probably there's things that you just, you know, have to buy online nowadays um, and there's things that you choose to buy. But most people, you know, will, will shop online. So, um, unfortunately, obviously, there are cyber criminals out there that will trick you into paying for goods, you know, taking your money that, that goods you might never see and of course there's a huge amount of the value of your own personal information that they make they make money off basically by you know compromising your data so I've got a few things you know just here that, that you can think about what you could do to protect yourself so you know when you're browsing online obviously check the website address um, avoid clicking websites from emails instant messages like on um, and Deals on Facebook, for example, is a lot of, um, you know, things that aren't legitimate um, that pop up in the form of advertisements and things. So, um, you know, always check the right address. The price. Um, sometimes deals just sound too good to be true, um, you know, and... Uh, 
sometimes they're, they're a genuine bargain, but, you know, just use a bit of common sense when you're seeing a deal, uh, you know, on a website that you've not heard of or made a purchase of before and, and just check, um, you know, if it's... Uh, uh, just, just check and uh, make sure it's reputable and, and credible. Um, websites should always have a contact us section um, so that you can always contact them. Um, you know, that's something to check for on a website which helps you to identify that it might be legitimate or not. All websites legally have to have copyright information, which is usually this little logo that you found at the bottom of the website page. Um, and it will show the, you know, show the ownership and the rights uh, um, over those brands so that you know that they're legitimate um, and credible. Um, there is a service called Who Is. Um, it's a little bit technical, but basically every website has to go through a registration process um, and they're registered to a company or an individual. Um, you know, you, you can look up websites to see how and when it's been registered, um, but people don't typically tend to do this. Um, it is a little bit um, uh, more advanced, but um, you know, it, it doesn't hurt to have a look and, and try and understand how that could help you um, if you're not sure. Um, malware, so you know, use safe browsing um, options um, on your browsers. They're always available. Um, antivirus software, obviously, make sure that you have that and it's kept up state and, and reputation you know it's worth looking at reviews um it's, it's definitely worth looking up reviews if it's a website you've not purchased from before um, just to check you know what other people's experiences um are i think i had to do this recently for my daughter who wanted to buy some clothes from a website that i'd not heard of um and had a little look into it had to look at the reviews and you know i could clearly see people saying it's a scam people i've bought you know i've spent 150 pounds here and i never received anything and i can't contact anyone so you know that's a good example of um using reviews to check the reputation mm. Any questions about online shopping? Any concerns? Okay. I think um, I've got a note here actually just around um, saving your card payments. So when you're online, you know, and you're checking out, um, there, there are a few things here as well about your, you know, payment information um, when you are buying, even, you know, from, from legitimate places, right? They'll give you the option, do you want to save this for next time? Do, do avoid trying to do that because, you know, especially if it's your debit card, um, you don't actually get much protection from your banks if you are a victim of fraud um, so things like that it's best to use PayPal or credit cards because you get a lot better guarantees if you don't recognize a site is malicious or it's fake mm -hmm. and you purchase goods and that's a lot of money that you've spent you know sometimes you might not get that back so mm -hmm. PayPal helps because you don't actually give a copy of your payment information to that seller um, it goes through PayPal they don't see it they don't know it um, and therefore you know if they're breached for example your card data is entirely safe so um, I, I personally use PayPal where I can to avoid using my card in, in many different places thanks for that Steve I think that's a very good one to know I didn't even know that so thanks for that yeah. sure any other questions online shopping or any experiences that you've had no oh, there's a padlock um that sort of signal 
people's accounts, it slowed the service down, and then Disney had a whole bunch of complaints around how, you know, um, people felt that they had been breached. It was nothing to do with Disney. Um, it was actually previously compromised passwords. Um, the, the, the criminals have just tried to see if you're registered with, with those. Mm. It's happened with Netflix. Um, it happens with Gmail, with Yahoo Mail. Um, it, it happens quite a lot. So I've got some advice here, but the, the first thing is, avoid reusing the passwords for important services. I think, you know, you use your sense around, if, if someone was to gain access to this, you know, what what would what could you lose? Mm -hmm. So how much personal information is in there? For example, if you can register with your doctor and order prescriptions, you would want a different password to what you use for, say, Facebook. You wouldn't want to use the same because if Facebook are breached and then that information is disclosed, and they could use that to go onto the NHS website with the same same email address and the same password. You know, Facebook might not be that much sensitive, but your health information would be. Mm. Or somewhere where you've stored your, you know, your card data, somewhere like Amazon, um, you know, you wouldn't want to use Amazon um, and have the same password or your bank or your email address. And email's a really good one. Email address, you should definitely have one password for that and never reuse it anywhere else because your email, you know, will, when you, re when you forget a password, um, on another website, you usually have to go through a password reset process that we usually send that to your email address. So if your email is compromised, you know, that could be leveraged to, to reset your passwords for other accounts as well. So I know it's not practical to have a unique password for all, you know, 50 services that you might not use, but be really picky about where you are using the same passwords. I've got a website here, um, Have I Been Pwned, it's called. Um, and this is a free service and what you can do is go in and it will ask you to check if you've been um, compromised in a breach. So definitely go and have a look um, at, at that and have, have a look. You can subscribe and if a breach happens and your email address is in that, they will tell you and they will say, you know, you should change your passwords if you're using it somewhere else. And I've been on this, my children have been on this, my partner's been on this. Half the time these companies don't have to tell you and you would never know. It's really, really scary. So definitely um, check that after this session. Um, I'll share the, the slides with Bunmi. Right, I guess, please. Bunmi, do you have a... Um, a list of people that is in yes, the session today yes. that you can email. Yeah, yeah that's perfect. Fine. So have a look at that. Um, don't allow your internet browser to save your password. Do you want to remember this password for next time? I know it's convenient, but always say no because um, if your computer or your phone is compromised, um, that information is stored really insecurely. So avoid letting your browser save that information. Um, Multi-factor authentication. So a lot of services force you to do this now, and many of them actually give you the option. So ones that are really important, definitely go and do this, because if your password is compromised um, and you do like to use the same one, if multi-factor authentication is an option, um, and you can register that to your phone or an app instead of with an email, that is nobody can get into that account unless they physically have your phone. So um, that adds 
a real security measure on top. Um, but the likes of Disney, for example, the reason why they were impacted with this password breach was because um, it's something they don't offer. Um, so you can't actually protect yourself against um, someone trying to log in as you on this. Um, and it's still fairly new. So your bank would have forced you to do it. The banks have to do it. Um, and, you know, Amazon, Google, Facebook, LinkedIn, they will recommend it and they prompt you if you haven't done it. Um, so definitely have a, have a look at your important services. Make sure you are using this. It's, it really does add um, a, a good additional layer of security. So sorry, just um, um, Charlotte. So someone just said, "I've just joined. Please, can I be intimated with what is being discussed?" So we're discussing about protecting our passwords um, online, and um, Charlotte mm -hmm. was just talking about not using one password for every everything you use, basically. So especially with your emails, to try and not use the same password. And um, yeah, people are saying very useful information, um, very insightful information. And what's the name of the site again? I will send the name of the site out. I think it's called Have I Been Pond? But I will send it out um, to everyone. Thanks. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, you can just go on and check if um, your email address has been included in any breach um, in the past and whether it included your password so that you know which services you might need to change your password on if you're using the same one. Um, and I've kind of got to here, which is where you can use secure password managers to store passwords securely. So um, I think when you look on how I've been pwned, there's, there's good security advice on there. And I think it's called onepassword.com. Um, I use last pass there's also key pass those are very good free services that you can use and again the number one rule is you shouldn't use the same password so you have to remember that one and then when you store them in there you can you can basically let it set automatic passwords for you so i have it as an app on my phone i don't know what my password is to log into facebook it's about a 40 character long password with you know i wouldn't even be able to say it um I don't need to know because when I go to log in, it will retrieve that from the app and pass it securely to there. Um, so I have, you know, a different password set for each one. The issue that I found with that though is, you know, when we set up our new TV and I had to log in, typing in a 40 character password and getting it wrong is really inconvenient. So, you know, it, it doesn't work for everyone, but if you have a lot of online services, if you are really internet heavy, you know, and your children all have profiles, then it, it's definitely worth ha having a look. And I always get that, what's that password for the Nintendo? what's the password for you know registering alexa and uh you know the gatekeeper of that in my family um my kids can access it they have like a folder for their passwords where they can use them but you know the, the app forces them to be unique random um and they can't be guessed which is uh, another another password security issue but um you know my, my advice to be practical is you know don't use the same password for things that are really important to you and that could cause yeah. you harm. Yeah. Use multi-factor authentication and register with this site and check if um, you know, you've been a victim of password theft in the past and it will tell you if you register um, your family email addresses that you use, it will tell you in the future you'll get like a, an alert if you come up on a service that's breached. Thanks for that. Perfect. Sure. Any, any other questions before we move on about passwords?
Again, when Bumi's shared the um, presentation after, these have got the links in, um, you know, what this one here. So, you know, these um, ring doorbells, um, these smart cameras. There was a case where um, I think the staff were, um, no, somebody had compromised um, access to this service and were able to access the cameras. Um, and Ring did implement multi-factor authentication to protect you against this. And I know when I log in, it you know if you haven't done it, it will tell you every time to do it. So don't don't ignore security messages that come up when you log in, and it says you know do you want to enable additional security or privacy for your account? Usually they're they are for a reason um, because they're you know aware of a security flaw and they're trying to make sure that you are in control of protecting yourself. Okay, so someone says here that I do have an experience that I would like to share here. So yes, please mm -hmm. do feel free. Do you want to share share what you want to talk about, Udo? We can't hear you. Okay, we still can't hear you. Okay, so go on, Charlotte. Um, I think when whenever the person is ready, we we can't hear you, um, patience. Okay, just just shout when you're ready. Yeah. Um, we can we can stop. Okay. Um, so next one is about some malicious threats that you might experience online, um, and and just to give you a little bit more awareness, really, of how some of them concur. So, um, you know, downloading, clicking on websites from uh, emails, text messages, or just from other websites, you know, could see malicious content introduced um, onto your devices and into your home. So. Um, I know most people do have antivirus protection on their computers. That, that is, that is, you know, the, the number one basic. Mm -hmm. um, but also, you know, it, it can't one hundred percent always, you know, protect you. Just because you got that, it doesn't mean that you won't have any malicious software downloaded or introduced. So there are some things that you can do as well. Um, also, you know, malicious threats are designed to be hidden. They're not always obvious. Um, so, um, you know, they're de designed to run in the background um, and, and to not be easily detected. And often they're added on. So if you download a new version of Chrome, you might also get the option, ah, also add this add-on to the browser. And you would have to untick to not allow all the add-ons that it wants. And it has been a case with the likes of some browsers like Google and um and, and um, what's the other one, um, Firefox, where, you know, there has been malware in an add-on. So mm. the browser is fine, but where they bundle add-ons um, is, is where, you know, you wouldn't be, you wouldn't be aware of that. So um, the advice that I've got here is use antivirus, but most importantly, keep it up to date. Um, you know, um, should make sure that it's scanning at least once a week. Um, just go in and give it a check and just make sure it's, you know, um, if your computer isn't turned on for three months, if you don't use it very often, because you can do so much from your phone and your iPads now, you know, everyone actually uses their computers that often. So, you know, do make sure that it's kept up to date. Um, avoid using Wi-Fi uh, when you're send sending sensitive information um, is a good one. So not all free Wi-Fi is insecure, 
um, but mostly, um, it, it usually would be. Um, and there's no liability around that from the providers. Um, if you are, you know, um, if anything that malicious does get on your phone, so mm. um, that's something that you would need to be aware of. Um, security updates, so your Microsoft updates, your um, updates on your phone, you know, um, your Apple phones and Google and Androids always have updates. Um, you know, try to let them auto-install. There's always an option to schedule them, you know, when you're sleeping. So definitely have a look at those. Um, and then obviously TVs and apps as well. Um, so one limitation that I've realised actually on apps is like my daughter's iPad that I've set parental controls on means that I don't let her install apps herself. However, in doing that, it stops apps from auto-updating. So I have to go in once a week and just check if any apps have an update. And, you know, unrestrict the parental controls and then put them back on. Um, so I wasn't aware of that at first. Um, but you know so double check your apps to make sure they're updated as well as the phone itself um look out for suspicious emails and texts um avoid clicking the links i think this is going to come up on every page about clicking the links um, from emails and texts you know particularly during covid there's been a lot of scams. Um, I see a lot of these through through my work. We had so many staff being targeted with, um, you know, we're opening a testing centre, register here and be first in line, um, you know, sign up for the new trial drug that's going to be available and get a, get one first, just <laughs> 9.99, you know, and really, uh, really nasty scams, you know, that, that people, in you know, a pandemic is, is an opportunity for cyber criminals like mm. no other. It's, it's it's really not human mm. um, but unfortunately it, it's you know uh, it, it's all time worst for these type of scams mm. um, ads so this is something as well you know when you're searching on Google the first two results that you will see are always paid advertisements cyber criminals pay to have their advertisements put right at the top so always look about the third line down don't go to the first two because it is you know they, they will pay money to get their results right at the top for fake and malicious websites and that's where a lot of malware is introduced and um, so if you search google you know facebook um the first one that come up might not be facebook yeah. it might be an ad um that's similar to Facebook, branded as Facebook, um, and you, you might not know. So um, it does show you, I think they're like in a yellowy colour. It's usually the top two search results that are actually paid advertisements. So genuinely, when you're Googling, look from about the third result onwards. Um, I think the other one probably just to talk about is ransomware, which is, you know, you hear a lot about this in the news. If you've, you know, if you, if you work for the NHS, um, this is something that significantly impacted the healthcare industry um, and many others, but mostly, you know, these were designed to target um, the healthcare a couple of years ago. Um, this is really nasty. So if you do get ransomware on your computer um, at home or on your laptop, you know, you, you may not recover your information. Um, 
And so you should think about, you know, um, making sure that's backed up somewhere else other than on the computer itself. Um, so like OneDrive, for example, is, is a good thing to have so that you've got a copy somewhere else or, you know, a hard drive where you might want to copy data to or like a USB if you've got, you know, your wedding photos, baby photos. Just think about, you know, how precious and valuable some of that information that's stored on your computer is. And, you know, if that was lost, would you be able to recover it? Um, it's almost impossible um, to to restore them, and the option that the criminals give you is to pay them money, like a, well, it's ransom. So they will ask you to pay money, um, you know, in the form of Bitcoin, so that that's done anonymously and they can't be traced. Um, and it's really nasty. They don't just target companies; a lot of individuals at home are targeted with this as well and mm. do get impacted. Um, so just just think about, you know, your um, what, what information you do have and make sure you have a copy of what's really important to you off the computer as well. Thanks for that. Sorry, I'm just going to read out. Um, so Udo Patient says, recently I tried clicking on a registration link that should direct me to a private Facebook group for an upcoming mentoring. I couldn't access it because my password, my Facebook password was not logging me in. I was so sure that was my password. And then um, somebody else says, what type of antivirus software do you advise for laptops that are not being used often? Yeah, so um, for the Facebook passwords, what often happens there is um, Facebook have a lot of third-party services that, you know, um, other people and companies set up. Um, and... There also are a lot of scams on um, on Facebook specifically. You know, Facebook is so large, um, they, they get targeted all the time. Um, I think with things like that, um, particularly, you know, registrations, competitions, Facebook games, if it asks you to enter your login details or to register, I would advise not doing that because, you know, Facebook won't guarantee the safety of those mm. um, and it's I think if it, if it was set up properly it would just lock you in you might need to tick a box and give consent because you know that's something you need to enable and that's it's a third party that you would be passing that registration information onto. So Facebook would always make sure you have to tick a box, but usually Facebook no. would allow you to stay logged in. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does, yeah. And then in terms of the antivirus software, um, what advice would you give for laptops that, laptops that are not being used often? Yeah, sure. So I think... Um, there are some free ones, but the free ones are, are not very good. But at least you should go, you know, if they're Microsoft, I assume it's a Microsoft um, computer, um, you should visit the Microsoft Security Center that's built in, and it will turn on at least the free protection that it has. And that's for very basic and very light usage. So if really you, you, you don't use it very much and you don't use it for important things like your online banking um, and things like that, you know, that... The, relatively the the basic security controls that microsoft give you and that does include like windows defender which is their free antivirus version um basic firewall protection for you know incoming bad traffic um, but it's very very basic mm. um i wouldn't advise that unless you know you have no other option but for free that definitely should be set up and it usually is on by default 
otherwise, um, you know, Bitdefender and McAfee, personally, um, are my two favourite choice of protection for home computers. Um, and the reason for that, I think, is Bitdefender is very good for um, not only the security, um, it offers very good security, but it's also good for performance. So I use my laptop for online gaming and streaming, um, and it's... It has like a very good balance mode, um, but it's a little bit tricky to set up and it can be complicated, um, which is where I think McAfee is probably my um, first choice because it's easy to use, um, it offers great protection, it does have the you know performance, it knows what you're doing and it will you know um, tone down the security uh, intensity if it needs to for certain things. So. Um, that, that would be my personal preference. So the basic um, Windows security that's built in, Bitdefender or McAfee. Okay, so I've got so many people asking now. <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone's trying to defend their own um, antivirus software. So people are asking, what about Avast and um, Norton? Mm, not good, no. Okay. I, I know historically they... Um, they are the main free ones um, but the problem with that is because they are free you know um, cyber criminals literally take that copy of that free and learn how to evade it so most malware that you would get would actually be designed to evade McAfee and advanced uh, advanced sorry um, they are good for basic protection um but but you really want something that also can monitor what about the paid the paid version of it the paid version of it yeah, norton norton is good for paid there's no issues with that one uh, norton is absolutely fine for the paid version uh, but the basic free version is you know it's very basic protection basically so you do want something that offers a bit more you want something that has firewall that has ransomware protection that has um you know your email protection and some of them even offer password security as well which is a good optional feature but you you, you want those additional things other than just pure antivirus okay so i see what you're saying so you we're not just even though they they paid for but we're not just looking for the antivirus section only we're looking for more things so like the firewall the password beats and all, all the other beats that come with it that's what you're saying yeah yeah okay. exactly and um you know a lot of them will offer like for example mcafee um i think when you buy that you you get it for five devices and that includes mobiles so we we put that on as a mobile app as well to to protect mobile phones um and a lot of subscriptions offer them so definitely that's a bonus um because they're they're really good um phones you know general gen, generally speaking are um less susceptible to to malware um but it would you know add an extra layer of protection for like safe internet searching on mobiles and things so that's usually a good ad for um something that is a little bit more expensive but gives you that extra protection across different different devices and you know you would see the device um security you know in one place so if you got it on your um you know the wife the husband the, the kids laptop and the phones as well you can just you know make sure they're centrally monitored and managed from one place okay 
So I think um, what I'll say is then that um, if you've got other antivirus um, software that are, that are paid versions, maybe you can look into it and see what it's actually offering you. And as long as um, whatever you've got um, is part of all the things that Charlotte has mentioned, then I think it's um, good. That's what we're yeah. saying. Okay. And someone's asked this question, should we accept cookies and how often should we clear them? That's a great question. So nowadays you have to accept cookies. So you will get a lot more cookie consent requests than you probably ever have because, you know, privacy uh, regulations have evolved and websites are required to be upfront and disclose that to you now. Whereas, you know, a couple of years ago, you wouldn't have known what a cookie was or be to told about it. So yes, you will have to review cookies and you have to click, you know, you consent or you don't. Um, usually, uh, you know, you should look at that um, and, and try to, to read that. I know it takes up a little bit of time, um, but usually, you know, you would have, um, yes, go with the default recommendations. Um, no, only use the cookies that you are required or, you know, no, I don't consent. And then basically you can't really do anything. Um, I would always advise, you know, the minimal give them the minimum if you have that middle option that says um you know only use what you need fine but if it's their default their default will be you know consent into using your data for marketing for mm. sales for other third-party purposes and they will of course want to give give you that option first and that will be the default so try for that middle option which you know if that is there and it says only consent to the services that are absolutely required as the minimum you know always look for that option um and what was the other part of the question on cookies so the other part is how often how often do you clear it yeah so I, cl I clear mine i think once a week and my antivirus does it itself so that's something that i've set in and it went through and, and said you know it recommends doing it um what what happens when they're deleted basically is you know, websites, when you go back there, might not recognize you. So if you access Facebook every day, you're probably going to log straight in without typing your password. You're probably going to go and see, you know, the type of newsfeed and history that you like to see that you would use. When your cookies are cleared, it kind of resets that because it's removed the data about you and your usability. So um, you might have to put a password in when your cookies are cleared. Um, and sometimes that can be a bit of a hindrance if, you know, you clear all your cookies from your computer. Every website you log into that day, you're going to have to re-log back in. But for security, it's not a bad thing. You, you, should, be, you, you should be clearing them. Um, I think once a month is practical. I, I don't think, you know, it's, it's, I, I do it once a week. I work in security, you know, I'm probably a little bit over the top, um, but once a month I think is practical. And if you have the option with your antivirus software to just let it do it for you, then you should do that. Okay, cool. Then what um, antivirus software do you advise for mobile phones? I think you've touched a little bit on it, but what advice would you give for mobile phones? So yeah, I looked into it, um, and, and that's when I switched to McAfee. Um, I, I found that to be a good one, um, and it, it comes free with, with that, um, I think, when I last upgraded. Um, I used Bitdefender before that, and that was okay, fairly basic. Um, 
and I haven't really used any others to be honest mm-hmm. um, so if there are things that you're using um, and you want to check I think I've got my email address at the end of the presentation so I'm happy to sort of follow up and just let you know if I think it's reputable or if you know um, there have been a case where you know some apps have been sold as super security super privacy mm. um, and actually they're more malicious than they are good um, but, but you think your phone is safe and I think um, this come up recently with Apple how they removed the ability for um, third parties to have like um, content restrictions put in place because companies and hackers were starting to abuse that functionality to get the permissions they need on the device um, so there's there's a lot I think of reviews happening um, around mobile security um, but you know, um, there are a lot of things you can configure on the phone itself um, as well. Uh, but if you do use a lot of internet browsing, and for example, if there's a setting um, on mobile phones that allows you to only download content from the app store, or you know, allow your phone to download things directly. Yes without the app store mm. if you use it for things like that you know mal- malware protection is essential but you know there are some cases where you don't need antivirus on your phones um, if you've secured them as best as you can and you know enhance some of the settings on the device as well yeah that's correct on that one just to um, confirm what you've said because on, on the settings I think I've got something like um, do not download third party or something trusted mm-hmm. sites I think that's around that's the phrase and I've ticked that yeah. and what that means is that nothing else except um, pay, pay play store um, is downloaded so as soon as it's not on Play Store it just would pick it up and tell me no that's because the setting is on it so maybe what we can do is um, look at our settings I think there's a lot of things um, that are hidden in the settings that we just need to drill down and find out that information and also the children's phones as well because I think it was me reaching out to Charlotte recently that I knew about I've always said I would do the family, um, the Google link, family link, I think it's called. And I didn't, I didn't even know it was free. I think Charlotte then mentioned it to me. And that was, I think that's so super that you can control um, a lot of things on the kids' phone. Um, just one more question. You've mentioned Akas. So I think this person has even typed it before you mentioned it. She says, please, what do Akas do with information like personal data, e.g. DOBs and home addresses? Thanks. Mostly, um, they would sell it. Um, you know, there's like a like eBay. <clears throat> there's there's services like that that exist um, that, that hackers use, and you know there isn't just one type of hackers. There's a lot of different you know um, pots of different people and different motivations for you know why they look for that. Um, but in general, it's for financial gain. Information particularly personal information is very very valuable and people will buy that people will buy that and they might buy that to target you with marketing because they can know a bit more information about you from you know whatever service might have been compromised um but you know whereas things like card numbers um and your you know your debit or your credit card numbers you know are are worth quite a lot of money so in general, um, it's it's to make money, um, definitely. It's for you know their own financial gain. Mm. Okay, thank you for that.
Yeah, that's it. However, you know, I did have a case, um, a, a very unique case that my partner experienced last year, actually. There was a new game that was launched that he pre-ordered on the PC and was really excited about. Um, that came out. He, he started playing it, I think, for the first day. The next day he went back he couldn't get into his account. Um, so he had to go through the password reset process, regain access to his account, logged back in, then he got logged out. And actually what happened was someone somewhere had um, been able to reset his account, I think because they compromised his email ID, they're able to reset it. They changed his phone number and enabled two-factor authentication and simply they were playing his game. Um, it was very odd. I've not experienced that before and I haven't heard anyone else say that, but they were playing the game for free. Um, and they were actually deleted his, his game that he was playing, started their own game, and they almost completed it within two days. Um, and it was really difficult. They locked him out of his account because they changed his phone number um, and he had to shut down his email address and open a new one. And it was uh, very, very unique. So, yeah, there was no financial gain in that example. They were just, you know, using something for free that they didn't have to pay for. Wow. I'm sure that happens to a lot of people um, in, in the gaming community. <laughs> Wow, that's interesting to know. Um, what yeah. you know, I've always wondered as well. What archives? What do they do with the information? Okay, thanks for that. I think that's about um, the questions we've got. So yes, please do go on. Perfect. So just a little bit about email threats. So um, it's quite similar to the, to some of the information about um, internet that I've explained and, and some of the threats are also similar. Um, so I think the key thing to point out here is the security of emails cannot always be guaranteed. You know, email is considered as, as not a secure communication channel um, because it relies on you having security from where you're emailing from. It relies on the company you're emailing to have security for that to work. And it relies on a few things, therefore it is just not guaranteed. So when you are sending emails, you know, um, your sensitive information, for example, your bank account, your debit cards, any health information like your NHS number, um, passports, driving license that you might have to scan and send, they could potentially be intercepted um, on the way. And in some cases, the criminals will respond um, and ask for more information. And you wouldn't know, you know, potentially that, that, um, that you know, you started a legitimate conversation with someone and in between someone has jumped in um, and you may have given up more information. This is something that um, even in my work, we're struggling with. Um, it's a very common issue. Um, so just, you know, really think about the value of your own information and what you're comfortable with sending. If a company asks you, and I've got a little bit about this here, for example, you can log a support case with, I don't know, Argos, for example. Um, you might be able to contact them by email. Um, and you say, you know, I ordered this, I didn't receive it, where is it? They'll come back to you and say, you know, can you give us your email address, your date of birth and your postcode, just to verify that that's you. Um, and a lot of companies have been asked not to do this anymore because they, you know, they're putting you at risk by telling you to send in it. They're asking you, therefore you assume that's probably secure because they wouldn't ask for it any otherwise. But, you know, it's, it's not a good thing to do. Banks have stopped doing it. They're not allowed to do 
do it anymore. They use the secure messaging features when you usually use your online app or if you log onto their website, you can contact them um, from being logged in. If you try to email them something and they can't, they need to speak to you, they'll tell you to call or um, go into branch. So just be careful about this um, and, and consider when you are sending things. A couple of tips I've got over here. Obviously, avoid sending sensitive information. Your mailbox. You All mailboxes have an option to mark emails as spam. If you do get something and you think that's completely suspicious or unsolicited, mm. you always have the option to mark it as spam. Mm. That, doing that is actually really powerful because that feeds back to their email system. And if enough people mark something as suspicious or spam, that will start to automatically um, distrust that. And then other people might got e not get emails um, from that address in the future. So um, it's good to try to manage your mailbox. So if you see something, don't just delete it or move it to a folder, but actually just mark it as um, spam you won't receive any from them again and others might not as well so it's a bit of a community thing i think to to use that opening attachments um is obviously similar to you know what you're downloading just consider that when you get emails particularly if you know it's a friend or family if it's suspicious by nature you're not expecting it and it seems out of character it's a very common scenario. Um, just be cautious and check with them before opening it that they did actually send it. The same with links in emails. Just be really careful of them. Amazon, Netflix, I think I've got that on the next page. Um, I do the recent um, scams that are quite well known where they're posing as um, Netflix, telling you your account's been suspended. You have to restore your access. Go here, it's nothing to do with Netflix. Uh, um, and uh, they just want you to put in um, your current username, password, and your payment method to regain in access um, so then they compromise username passwords um, and your card details um, and it's nothing to do with them similar to paypal um, it's the other one so um, there's a few things here um, in the formatting of it again this is what i mean when i say don't click the links if you get a message from what looks like paypal you would just go to your app if you've got the app or you go directly to the website and log in from there avoid sort of logging in from the link within the emails. Um, avoid freely giving away your email address, signing up for competitions, um, you know, prizes. A lot of things on social media want your email address. More things that have it, the more likely to be targeted with unwanted contact. Spam, malware, um, and I think when you check on the um, service that I shared a couple of pages ago around um, signing up to see if your email address will be compromised, if you're on that list and there's quite a few services, you might want to just consider setting up a new email address um, as well. So that might help you to just be a little bit more precious about that. Like, for example, I think um, I went into Morrison's just before the lockdown to buy something. No, it wasn't Morrison's. It was Halford's. And they said, can I take your email address? So why do you want my email address? <laughs> and they said, oh, so we can email your receipt. No, thank you. I don't want a receipt. Um, I'll take one from the till. Mm. Um, I think Halford's um, and Argos do that now. Um, and they just expect you to give it to them. But, you know, if you don't know why or how they're going to use it, don't feel afraid to just challenge and say, mm. why, why do you need 
keep that email address. You know, what are you going to get from that um, as well? Because they, they want it so that they can target you for their marketing. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, just um, it is quite precious. Um, and keep calm, don't panic. Like the Netflix example, you know, scams that come through in emails are intended to get your attention. They're usually of a nature that will give you a bit of panic and make you think, oh, no, that's not good. You know, or, you know, we've seen some from uh, HMRC, for example, that's a well-known scam where they say, um, click here to get your tax rebate, um, you know, because you think you're going to get some money. Therefore, you're going to respond quickly to messages like like that so they will require you to have a bit of judgment um, and it will usually be something to panic alarm you or to think wow you know I must do this right away it's going to be something that will they'll be asking you to do immediately so you pay attention to it so just on any, that any one um, yeah I've got um, a few people saying yes that's happened to me before and um, someone said I got spam email from yeah. Bumi away and I knew immediately it wasn't the real Bumi and um, also, it does happen to me a lot, and it mostly shows the names of my family members, which can make it tempting to open. Yeah. Yeah, and I think with things like that, you know, you always have um, like a from email address and then directly next to it, you will have the address it's really from. And I think, you know, there could be two different things there. Either genuinely someone in your family has had their email account compromised and it is actually coming from them. And in that case, you should let them know. If next to it, it's got, you know, if it's not Bunmi's email address and it's like Bunmi, you know, um, Netflix.com, you, you think, well, they're just try using Bunmi's name and they're trying to impersonate her, but it's not actually from Bunmi's email account, then those are the ones that you just take the report as spam and uh, you just don't follow any instructions or do anything with. So on that one, quick one, I just want to, I think you're already touching some of the things um, that you're mentioning. So, I mean, I know how I can recognize these emails. Can you just take us through quickly how people can quickly recognize it so what you've just said that the fake logo is something to watch out from also the from so mm -hmm. most times if you put the cursor on the from then you can easily see that even though it states a name that's not the actual name so those are the things um, and sometimes even um, English language the English language is definitely not right in terms of punctuation marks so can you just quickly take us through you know, those kind of things, so people can easily and quickly identify it. Yeah, sure. So definitely the from address. There's so, always so. two. Um, and it's either next to it um, in like a bracket or it's, as Bumi said, you hover over it and then it will show it. And that will be the same for these website addresses. So before you click some thing, hover over what the actual address is. Um, I didn't want to click that. Um, and so that's how you would typically check the link. Um, but in general, just avoid clicking links from the emails because if it's something that PayPal, Amazon, Netflix have sent you and there's an action that's required, just logging into your account, that will come up on your account page straight away. So I think just avoid the risk of having to even judge it and, and try not to click the links and just go straight to the website direct. Um, and yeah, for the email address, definitely hover over or check where it is actually from um and and 
you know, see if that um, makes sense. So something from PayPal, you know, you would expect to be, you know, security notice at paypal.com. If it's like, my name is Jeff, um, fakelogo.com, then you would, you know, there's something definitely suspicious about that. Um, but they are clever. And sometimes, um, you know, one trick that they use in the from or the to address is, is using special characters um, or like, you know, a one instead of an I um, and things. So they, they are quite tricky to spot. These are some of the very obvious things. And in nature, if it just doesn't feel right, it doesn't look right, you're not expecting it, um, you know, just don't follow what it's telling you and go and check with a company or your friends who it might have appeared to come from and check that it come from them. That's great. Thanks. Just conversant of time as well. Um, I really want us to touch on, you know, um, so more like the online safety, what can parents do for children, especially like, you know, things like the, um, the family link for Google or in terms of Apple, um, hopefully. So yeah. yeah. Go on, Charlotte, thanks. Yeah, absolutely. So um, the slides will be shared. So, you know, I think these are just some of the threats to be aware of. And, and I think everyone on the call will be, you know, understanding why we need to protect the children online. So I don't think we need to spend a lot of time on here. Um, I guess the one thing that I probably do want to highlight is most of these type of internet services have an age restriction. Usually they're 13 plus. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, you know, services like that. There is a genuine reason for that. So I know a lot of people create accounts for their kids, let them use them. But, you know, there are laws that doesn't allow the companies to store that information. Um, they're not allowed. They're not allowed to target children with advertisements. So, um, and of course, they can see inappropriate content because the platform isn't intended for them. So, like, YouTube's a good one. They launched a specific product just for YouTube kids. Um, and you won't, you know, the, the filtering and the content restrictions only go so far it can't be guaranteed so just um i think here where i've got the advice so i'll just go through them and start with that one on parental control so um all of these have got links on and i'm just going to go to one so let's let's go with social media so this, this link is in there so let's just quickly take a look at this so um, what this does this is internet matters it's a free um, organization I follow this I find it really useful you can click on one of these so I said TikTok let's look at that so it will give you um, the information um, on how to restrict it step by step so make your TikTok account private and it shows you how to go to the page tap on the dots, click on privacy and turn it on to private. And it will tell you where to find the settings and what things to turn on to protect the, the children. So I definitely recommend trying to familiarize, you know, with, with some of these links that I've put in here um, around how to protect. And, you know, um, for example, on your smartphones, all you need to do is go and look what type of phone or device are you trying to protect. So, you know, uh, we talked about Amazon Echo. If you go here again, you scroll down, it will tell you where to go 
what settings are available and they've recommended to protect the children um, as to what should be set. So um, I think you have to, everyone on the course is going to have different devices mm. and different age children. So I, I don't think I'll walk through them specifically, but the information is in here. And out of all of the services where you could research and find this, I found this internetmatters.org is, is probably the best where I can quickly find, you know, when my daughter says to me, mum, I want to use house party and I say, what's house party? What do you want to use it for? I will come here, I'll look up the app um, and then I'll, I'll think, right, okay, can I protect it so that strangers can't see our information? Can I, protect, uh, you know, protect her so that um, people she don't know can't send her messages? Um, how do I know, um, you know, can I limit the content to screen you know sexual comments and things like that mm. and I'll go through and if I think those settings you know I'm comfortable with and for how she wants to use it then yep yeah, okay Mel that's fine you can have that but I always check and this is a really good resource to have a look um, so if I just go back to here so these parental controls you know don't just go on the devices you don't have parental controls on your computer on your phone and that's it unfortunately it's quite a lot of effort you have to go you know set that up as as Bunmi said for family link um for um uh you know microsoft um for your browsers um for your alexa so you really do have to think about all the services you use if your children are using them and think about how you can make sure you know they're they're safe for how they're using it and their information is private um, which is equally as important um, and it is really scary there's you know a lot of um, I think when I was um, doing a talk at work on family safety a little while ago we actually had a video play it was a video on YouTube and it was about you know a company whose job it is to protect children online and they showed parents how easy it was and how quick people will target underage you know children the age of 12 and 13 deliberately to try and groom them and honestly I couldn't watch it in the training it made me feel so upset it was they had a timer it was like 25 seconds and they had somebody who tried to add an 11 year old girl um, who had a snapchat account um, you know send me a pic really inappropriate thing so it's very very scary I think you know you hear about it in the news it is real it does happen yes. um, but you know out of all of this there are a lot of things you can do but communication i can't tell you the hours i've spent either explaining why she can't have something mm. or the rules around you know um online chat when she's playing Fortnite, for example why she can't have that on and why i won't allow her to go into an online party on a game with people she don't know um and things like that so you know communication isn't just once it's continuous and these controls um you know there are limitations they're not a hundred percent guaranteed so it's really important that children know what to do for example my younger daughter bella she plays minecraft She's, she's not allowed to play online, um, like, you know, um, in an open um, way. However, um, like she can't use the chat or the messaging. But what children do is they use signs. There's, there's no way to control that. They build a house and they put up a sign. You suck. You stink. You're fat. And, you know, it's... Um, 
is children, you know, but that is a form of bullying. And, mm. you know, I can't stop her from seeing things like that. So mm. I have to say to her, if you're, on, if you're on there, Bella, and you see people being like that, just log out and go somewhere else or mm. come off and play a different game because you can't stop things like that. I can't turn that off for her, you know. Mm. I've done as much as I can do from messaging and contact, but, you know, things like that, the children have to be prepared. If they see things they're uncomfortable about, happens on YouTube, you know, the YouTube restrictive mode is on um still doesn't stop them from being able to see yeah. what was it the other day uh, a shark attack that was horrific horrific yeah. but wasn't on the restricted mode you know so it's it's um something you have to keep an eye on you do have to monitor you know i have to speak to both my children's teachers at school their it teachers about things that you know my daughter was in seizing a whatsapp wide year group um apps that they shouldn't be using and parents don't have a clue and it's 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 you know it's really difficult to see that some children have a lot of freedom mm. with these devices and maybe some parents are just not aware so definitely follow this advice on these links mm. um and check you know social media the privacy must be set you know so that people can't publicly contact them um limit screen time that's a personal preference yeah. but two to three hours a day yeah. you know is, is kind of the limit that i set for the children um and particularly on covid and the lockdown i relaxed it a little bit you know made it a bit longer a little bit more time at the weekend but if i left them to it they would be on there all day <laughs> And it's not good for their well-being mm. to be, you know, with their face in the screen all day and mm. they don't realise themselves. So, you know, that is something that will switch off after they've used their time. I set educational apps, use it all day long. <laughs> Absolutely no issue. No no screen time for them. But, you know, um, other, other games and, um, you know, um, messaging and things like that, two to three hours is, is what I tend to limit limit it to and just one one final thing and then we can um go back to the questions is setting up children's accounts and profiles this is the number one house rule in in my house is you know my, my daughter is not allowed to go and sign up to use anything without my permission and we do it together so for example you know when she turned 13 that was that was a big present for her because she got to sign up for facebook you know when she's telling me i'm 12 all my friends at school have facebook and I said, you're only allowed it when you're 13. That's the rules. That's what they say. I'm following that. So, you know, on her 13th birthday, one of her presents was she got to register with Facebook because, you know, she's allowed technically. Um, and that's something that we set up together. So we set up the privacy, the security settings. You know, I make sure I'm using the right email address. I make sure I am her backup account. Um, and I can also obviously monitor, um, you know, who's contacting her, um, who she's connecting with. Um, you know, I don't stalk everything she does, but about once a week I have a skim through and just see, you know, how she's using that who she's interacting with what the nature of things she's discussing about and i think i see things i don't like we talk about it it helps her understanding and we almost you know once a week we'll have a chat like that okay i think that is everything that i wanted to cover i know we've run over a little bit but um i guess we did answer a few questions as we go which is 
I think a good way to do it. So, um, what other questions do we have? Nothing so far, but I wanted to say thank you very much. Um, I think that was very informative. Um, I mean, I work in IT. That was still very informative for me. Um, what you mentioned the last time, um, definitely. I've seen, I saw, I think I saw a video about last month that a friend sent to me. And um, this girl must have been 11 or 12. And um, what's happened is she, she actually, I mean, she died. And she died just by, you know, yes, getting onto the internet. Um, my friends are doing it. I need an iPad in my room. I need um, a laptop in my room. And um, unknown to her parents, when it's sleep time, she's actually waking up and, you know, showing the world, you know, her body and stuff. And before you knew it, it got into the wrong hands. Um, it wasn't controlled at all. Um, Akas went into a system and before you knew it, they were all sending the pictures, the explicit pictures of her to, um, to her friends and she couldn't cope in school. So she took her life basically. So really what, why am I saying this? This is a very, um, important topic because, you know, um, the, the children of now, should I say, even adults, everyone is like thinking the technical survey, but they're not, um, because, a lot of things that we think we know and we need to sometimes sit down with ourselves and say, do we actually, do we really know these things? And you've rightly said it's communication is key. Communication with the children. I mean, communication yeah. as a family, really. That's so right. And um, I mean, I, I, I know some, someone um, in the past where an explicit picture was shared on Snapchat. Mm -hmm. Snapchat and um, as soon as the pictures were sent, obviously... It was sent by the owner of the picture to different um, range of people and somebody must have sent it. So what happened there was that, you know, um, a rule was broken and the rule was that the, the girl who sent her own picture is an underage person. So she sent her own picture to a group of boys and one of the boys must have sent it out to another friend to say, look at this silly girl sending me this picture. But what happened there was that the police got involved because she was a minor. And even though the boy as well was a minor, you know, they were both minors, but it was the fact that that happened. So the boy really on his own part is saying, oh, he didn't think yeah. it was something because he just sees it as a picture that he's sending with his friend saying, see, would this, see what this silly girl is sending to me. So um, on that part, I mean, it was an eye opener for me because I've got a boy at home. So I had to sit down with him and say, okay. You can't, you know, you need to be careful what you share. And I think as well, what we need to be careful as well is employers now go on social media to check people out, to look at people, to see what they're posting. And sometimes one post can come back to haunt us in, you know, five years time, in six years time, when you're climbing the ladder of greatness, these things do happen. Yeah. So it's, it's important that before you send that message, before you click that send, before you, um, you know, just think about it. Once you click send, that's it. It's no longer in your hands. You know, you've sent it. It's on the it's internet. Mm -hmm. It's out of your control. And yeah, so that's very, very key for us to know and for us to understand that. And I wanted to open up. Okay, someone says, can you please touch on ring doorbells? Is it good or bad? I've seen, I've seen a lot of people actually with ring doorbells. So, 
Yeah, I think um, there is a guidance, actually. I've put it in the link, which will be sent out. You can actually, where you've got, I think, mobile and smart devices, you can go through and secure it. But it's, um, I think the, the, the things with those are, are um, you know, protect, compromise someone else's account, use the camera to interact with children, for example, I think is one of the headlines, um, you know, where they used it, used the speaker and were having a conversation with a daughter and their parents put the camera in her room. So, you know, things like that, you really have to think about the placement of them, the purpose you're using them for and protecting access to the account, going through the privacy settings. Um, I think it's, you know, good or bad, it's good for some people it's bad for some others um so it's difficult to have an opinion on it it really depends where you're placing the cameras and how you're using them you know i think it's fine for you know property theft and having them just outside your premises but inside the house is probably uh, a little bit too intrusive because you do have to consider that you know the company that provides that service to you can access the recordings um, and the information so um you know you don't want the what's being captured to be too intrusive um, for, you know, the people in your family and the people you interact with that, that could be put at risk. Mm. I hope that's useful. Does Someone says, um, this is very, very useful. Thank you. Great session. Very informative. Thank you very much. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks. Thank you. Very informative. Um, thank you. And someone says, thank you very much. Um, any other question? You can unmute yourself if you don't want to type. Okay, she says very useful. Appreciate it. Any other question before? I have a question. Yes, Hi, please. everyone. My name is Grace. I just want, I, I wonder, Bumi, if it's possible, like, if you plan a next session. sit down with the kids but when they hear it for themselves and they hear the explicit examples you've, you've given as a third party i think it will have more impact on them rather than just parents telling them you know they think we're too protective you know but when they hear it for themselves particularly now that everybody is into TikTok and all version, but rather than just adults, for us to actually bring on our kids and to have the session together. Okay. Thank you. That's, I think I that's think it. That's a great yeah. question, Grace. Yeah. And, um, there is some information about this on one of the websites that I've put on the Protecting Your Children because I think both the NSPCC and internetmatters.org have a guidance for parents on how to talk to children about this. You know, not to not in a way to, to scare them, but certainly to help them understand in a way that they can relate to. Um, so, you know, on the links that, that Bunmi will send out on the Protect Your Children, um, just double check that for advice. Um, on the Internet Matters is an advice by age as well. So do consider that. I mean, I have, you know, an eight-year-old and a 13-year-old. 
I will show my 13-year-olds, you know, a news article about Roblox, about how someone at the age of eight might have been groomed, and we will have a very transparent conversation about that. But I wouldn't have the same conversation in that way with my eight-year-olds, um, you know. So I think um, definitely take a look at some of the advice and uh, me if you want to, to, to respond about that being a future topic. Yeah. So I think um, what she's trying to say is we, I need to bring you back on to speak to the teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she's saying, oh, basically, in simple oh, terms. Um, we'll talk about that anyway, Charlotte. We will... It, it wouldn't be um, like this. It wouldn't It wouldn't be the last Saturday of the month. I think we'll do it in August, um, but I'll speak to Charlotte. We'll get a date that is um, convenient for you, and I'll call it just um, Pass the Baton Team okay. Special. So we get teenagers... Um, it doesn't have to be a long session with teenagers. I think 30 minutes is um, 30, 40 minutes, and then they can have um, questions. I think it's good for them to hear it from you, so you can just explain to them. Um, and then, yes, um, I'll, I'll look into that. I'll get a date um, from Charlotte. Thank you very much. Okay, everyone's saying that would be great. Let, Thank let you. Let me also have a word with my daughter because okay. she, I may be able to persuade her. She's, my, my daughter's quite quiet and a little bit shy, but you know what? I think when she's in a WhatsApp group with her friends at school and they're talking about something she doesn't like, she knows to step away. And I think she saw, you know, one of her friends talking about sending photos to, to someone online. And she said to her, you really shouldn't do that. Exactly what you said when me, she, you know, she contacted her friend and said, um, yeah, please don't do that. When you sent that, they could take a screenshot. They could share that, you know, on their Facebook profile page. You don't know who they are, what they're going to do with it. You know, don't take pictures and send them to people you don't know. And even if you do, you know, just consider that that will be around for a long time. Mm. And when I saw this, I was like, oh, my goodness, wow, she actually listened. <laughs> um, and, I, you know, that's when I think, despite always being the bad parent, is how I feel because her friends are allowed to do this, her friends are allowed to stay up talking till 3 o'clock. You know, they have they have a midnight club and on school nights, the, the kids. You know, my children are not allowed to take their phones to bed um, with them and the screen time kicks in anyway. So they, even if they snip their phone away and I didn't know, you know, it, it would be, they wouldn't be allowed. Um, but, you know, they're, they're the exception. They are the exception in, in their classes. Um, and it's a difficult conversation that I have with Mel to help her understand. Um, and I think, you know, it's, um, I, I do feel bad sometimes, you know, always having so many rules, but helping her understand in a way that she hopefully can relate to is the best chance. Mm, mm. That would be very good. So it, it does happen more than they would know. That would be good. That would be good. So if you, if you can speak to Mel, if you and Mel can come on, I think, yeah, mm -hmm. it would be good to have like, um, a teenager and, you know, Her for them to hear, yeah. I think it's, it's a very good idea. So thanks. Everyone's saying thank you for that. Thank you. That would be great. Great idea. Thanks, Charlotte. Our kids need needs to hear this from you. And someone says, my teens are on with me right now. Very helpful. So thank you so much. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. So I think um, this has been a very um, great night. I can definitely tell by everyone's um, tone. And um, if we have any more questions from anyone... Any more question? Okay. For next month, um, we're going to be talking about um, grooming, um, sexual grooming and rape. And um, 
it's it's a topic that needs to be spoken about it's a topic that's been going on around for a very long time and we're going to hear from actually someone who has passed through that you know someone who's um, actually been raped and um, obviously now she's using her pain to speak about um, so that other people don't have to be in that position she is um, a survivor that's what she calls herself she's a survivor and um, she will be talking to us next month so with that as well please especially if you have like um, teenagers boys get raped as well not just girls you know boys get raped girls um, get raped please um, I want us to kind of invite them to hear about some things I think it's always good sometimes when you hear it from somebody else rather than your parents like Charlotte says so that it doesn't um, look like you're the bad cop really but meanwhile all you're doing is um, trying to make sure that things are fine so um Thank you, everyone. Um, someone says, wow, I'm excited. Excellent job. Thank you for availing yourself, Charlotte. Much appreciated. I want to say thank you, seriously. Thank you so much, Charlotte, really. I, um, I like really I said, it. yeah. Thank you for having me. And um, come every you. month as well. You're not just um, a baton <laughs> passer. It's once a month. I want to see you join. Um, thanks, everyone. And But before we go on, um, we normally do a prayer. And um, I'm just going to look through the list of persons quickly. Um, thank you. Excellent job. Thank you for availing yourself much. Can you pray for us, please, um, Sister Fumi? Is she there? Yes. Right, yeah. Hi, Lumi. I'll just uh, I'll put myself up so you can see me. <laughs> yeah, it's been an excellent one. Thank you. I don't know if you can see me. I can see you yeah. now. Yeah. Okay, lovely. Okay. And thank you. Really enjoyed the session. Okay, so just say a word of prayer. Father, we're grateful for the opportunity you have granted to us to be able to be part of this this evening. And thank you, Father God, for Charlotte, who's actually availed herself, Father, to be used as a tool through which us as adults get educated in order to equip our children and also impact the society in which they find themselves, oh God. We thank you, Father, that even after we have learned today, we pray, mighty God, that we'll retain the knowledge and that we'll not procrastinate, that we'll use it wisely in the name of Jesus. Amen. And also for some of us, Father, I pray for wisdom and boldness, Lord God, to do the right thing. To be able to actually safeguard our children through this. I pray, Father, that we will not be overwhelmed, Father, but that we will have recall. We will remember what we need to do and all that has been taught us today. Father, we just give you praise. We thank you, Father, for Charlotte. And, you know, we just, she's been a blessing today. Father, we just thank you. And we give you glory. And we thank you, Father, for this pastor bat and ministry, Father God. We thank you, Father, for the opportunities which you are opening and for greater things and also for goodness and testimonies testimonies in jesus name pray amen amen just before we go thank you so much for that sis um if you have any testimonial please um anyone you can just share quickly anyone from previous sessions as well i received one but she's not here um, so I, I'm not going to talk about it. But if you have any testimonials, maybe you want to talk about something. Or maybe you, you learned something and you've used it in from pre previous sessions.
okay in the absence of none hopefully um the person who shared the testimonial with me will be here um, i'm calling it a baton glory we'll be here next month so then she can share it i like i really like it um, when you share from your own mouth so thank you so much shallow says you're all so welcome thank you for the opportunity to talk to you all today so in that i'm just gonna close and say thank you everyone have a very great weekend god bless you and remain digital safe <laughs>